Yo. Yer. This is something the people, 12 people, asked for. So all 12 of you better listen. Uh, this is the first episode of Grumpy Cats. I'm Russell, a former mediocre college athlete. And I'm here with my buddy, through and through Greg, which is an avowed communist. So we're going to talk about basketball today. <laughs> what so. up? What's Oops. I'm sure this is exactly what you expected from your basketball podcast. So basically what this is, is a UK basketball podcast. It's all about the cats all the time. And we're just trying to give you something that is not out there. (laughs) Right. Just another perspective than the traditional, traditionally, um, fairly whitewashed, uh, and, um, uh, frankly, boring cats commentary. We, we will not um, take any callers. Oh yeah, no first time, long times. Uh, I will never. I will never. As a as a white ally, <laughs> I will never call. Hashtag. I will as a hashtag white ally. I will never call for more minutes for Johnny David. Ah, uh, thank you, yeah. but. Will you call for more minutes for Tyler Hero, though? Uh, no, I will call for less minutes for Tyler Hero right. for the rest of my life. The we'll first controversial later. take yeah. of Grumpy Cats. Less Few, minutes for Tyler Hero. Less Tyler Hero, more Jamal Baker. Oh. Woo-hoo. Ooh, that's a hot. That's hot. That is, that is a hot take, and it that's statistically hot. doesn't bear itself out, but, um, <laughs> you know, aesthetically it does. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Anyway... So we wanted to just sort of frame where we're at in the season right now. Um, you know, it's been a it, this has been a wild season. Um, I think you know Russ and I were talking the other day. I think this is one of my top three, top five favorite Cal teams of all time. I'd have to say probably we're in the top five ish range, yeah. but there's only ten teams, right. so it's like. I don't know. I hate that. I hate that <laughs> stat. I hate the stat. It's like, this is one of my number. This is the top five favorites. Like, well, he's been here 10 years. Um, hopefully, <laughs> after the success that we've had, they would make it to the top five. But I think they have a chance, actually, to be, um, you know, something special. Maybe I'm not quite on national championship level yet. I mean, it would be a surprise, but that's the thing is like, you know, I, just the way, just just the just the way we've seen this particular group of guys transform and grow has been really exciting to watch. I mean, we start off with this just um, abject uh, shellacking by Duke uh, in December, and you know, one of the things that I've always mused and enjoyed about Kentucky basketball. Is that like God gave Kentucky, Kentucky gave Kentucky UK basketball so that we can deal with this like horrendous shitty winter um, that just like breaks into beautiful glorious spring like right when we're cutting the nets down you know uh, and you know I'll be honest like that that Duke game fucked up my whole December. Um, well, it was in November. It it but it was it. It, it fucked that up, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, November 8th, election night. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, damn. Yeah, as the nation, as the nation was going uh, blue, it actually was a Duke blue, we would find out right. later in the evening. 
And that's kind of why I'm not really on the championship bandwagon is because down there in good old North Carolina, there's a, a gentleman right. <laughs> by the name of Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson is like a, a, a Nazgul or a, a cyborg oh, of okay. basketball, of basketball, just this being created with the sole urge to just basketball. get the ball and drive to the basket. He uh, is what LeBron James would have been in college basketball. Only he's much larger than LeBron James. <laughs> right. No, I mean like I think like Which is weird to say it's like there's a larger person than LeBron James. He's like a he's like a meaner Shaq. Like a less friendly Shaq. That's crazy. And in a six seven frame. I mean, regardless of what happens this year in the NCAA, Zion Williamson is going to be the best NBA player, maybe next year. Like, LeBron's getting old. That's a whole nother uh, story. But Zion Williamson is a strong beast. So, right. we got absolutely drugged by them. And the UK fan base uh, goes into what they do every year, which is Far Cal. And I, and I was never mm-hmm. on, like, Far Cal level. You were Far Cal. I was not Far. I was not Fire Cal, but I was like, "This is our life now." I know you weren't Fire Cal. <laughs> you. <laughs> you were Fire Cal. <laughs> but that's the thing is, I. But I. I mean, I didn't expect or want regime change. It was such a darker feeling. It was like. It was this. It was this feeling of you know. Regime change. It was this feeling of like yeah, like this is just our life now. We're gonna lose like six to eight games every season that we should win, uh, and get eliminated in the round of thirty two, and and that's just what UK basketball is gonna be like until Cal dies. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> Tilly. Oh. Yeah, it got dark. That's what I'm saying. This winter, like you can't really do this to me. Like <laughs> it's, it sends me spiraling into dark places very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> we uh. As we have mentioned, we do that every year. And as we currently sit, everybody knows what's happening right now. But I definitely think one of the turning points uh, to to even have that possible this year was Quad A leaving. Yeah. Now, I know, like, everybody <clears throat> loves, everybody loves Quad A. Um, he's good. Everybody thought he was going to be our starting point guard when he came in. But uh, for whatever reason... Well, I know the reason. He can't play defense. Um, (laughs) So for the reason that he can't play defense, we basically have a situation where um, he was kind of taking minutes. So if you kind of look in the beginning of the season, um, Quade was basically taking over Ashton's minutes. So the the rotation was actually Quade, Emmanuel, Ashton, and – that is trash. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a trash lineup. I mean defensively, the team really struggled <clears throat> early on. I I remember I remember get I remember going to the gym to work out and watch the VMI UK game, and uh, you know we got young. Uh, who was that guy? There was this, the dude who had the game of his life. Um, uh, Bo, uh, pa- Bo pa- Bubba, Bubba Parham. Bubba Parham. Bubba Parham spraying 38 points all over Tyler Hero's face. Uh, yeah. Just, like, yeah. consistently all night. And that's the thing, you know, and that's the other, like, thing that's just, like, so frustrating is, like, you know, 
with that situation, it wasn't necessarily that Tyler seemed like uninterested or unenthused. It seemed like he was just being drugged like a child. He is still being <clears throat> drugged like a child. And I do not care what any of the announcers say. Right. He is still, he's what you call, he's a gambler. And that's mm-hmm. why all of the announcers think he's playing good defense. Because, right. like, he's going to play passing lanes. <clears throat> he's going to he's gonna uh, reach. He's going to do all those things that get you that those occasional steals and those occasional runouts. Um, but then and, occasionally, like, <laughs> immortalize Bubba Parham. <laughs> yes. But the problem isn't even that. It's the problem, and that's a Cal problem, is... Until February, his teams can never guard pick and rolls. Um, and sometimes not even after February. So, like, just watching Tyler Hero on the pick and rolls gives me great anxiety and stress. Um, still to this day. To this day! Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's not a good look. And that's the thing is, like, you know, we have uh, a sublime turnover master in Ashton Hagen's I we would just, do not need Tyler Hero to play right, the passing lane. Right. Just get up hand in somebody's face and and move on with your life, you know. Um Him and Keldon are really surprising on defense. First I thought Keldon would be our lockdown defender. And both <coughs> and both of them just, you know, just kinda run around out there. But still with the length that we have and the energy and Ashton being on the ball. I think we still have, like, a top-five defense, so it's just crazy to think that we have, like, those two weak links. And a surprising defender, mm-hmm. Jamal Baker. Yes, yeah, and that's, like, what's unfortunate is, you know, I, I like Jamal a lot. I like watching Jamal play, and he makes things happen, but he does it in this way that is just... Um, it's very compl- basic. It's very basic, and it's completely statistically invisible most of the time, um, which I guess is going to guarantee that we get Jamal back here next year. He'll be here for three years. He'll be, he's yeah. a three years. He's a three year baller. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So after that, we get the the um. Uh, was Quade still on the team for that? Let's check that out. Yeah, he was. He was. He was still on the team yeah. for the Seton Hall game. Um. I believe so. I believe we were playing three three guards that. Okay, we'll check that. Uh, we'll check that out. But one of the the. I know we're talking about turning points with Quade leaving, and it may turn out that he was actually on the team here. But one of the the lowlights of the season that I want to talk about in this little recap we're doing here mm-hmm. is the Seton Hall game. Oh, and, yeah, because I have a different take on it. I thought at first that it was, like, the low light of the <laughs> year. Um, <clears throat> and I thought it spelled some possible doom in the future. I almost jumped on the Far Cow train that game. Wow. Um, Far Cow. But um, I did not jump on the, the Far Cow train after that. And I look back on that game, and then I realize just, like, how lucky Seton Hall was in mm-hmm. that game. I mean, if you think about it, who was that guy? Their Their guard had to have hit... Like three, four, was it Miles Powell? Mm. Yeah, he was six for 11 for three, <laughs> <laughs> including a double pump three <gasps> for the game. And it's like, when you look at it that way, it's like a double pump three for the game 
It's not really bothersome, but it's just one of those UK UK things, which is like someone always every year hits a home run on us. Right. And it was for me what was so catastrophic about it is it's like seeing the double pump three is just like shades of last season where like Kevin Knox is flying through the air past defenders <laughs> um, and just getting you know sprayed on like he did in uh, Missouri and um, you know that 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 terrible four game uh, losing streak and it's just the nature of I mean that's I think the other thing that I want to like kind of keep keep with this podcast that I think which should be different than other UK basketball podcasts is always acknowledge that all of these guys are 17, 18, 19 years old, right? And so there's going to be a level of inexperience and, like, immaturity because these these people are commu- are competing at this really high level. But I don't know. I think a lot of – I think that's a lot – I think Cal's done a good job of branding that particular sure. thing. Mm-hmm. As far as 17, 18, 19-year-olds, he's – I mean, he had to say that like 37 times this season, <laughs> let alone – like any other season. So I don't, but I do see that out in the fan base still. Right. Well, and that's, and that's the other thing too. I think that's going to be different about this podcast is that, you know, just acknowledging that the, that's you, correct. That's a correct take. <laughs> <laughs> and also that the UK fan base can be uh kind of racist. You know? Um, yes. <laughs> check and check. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. Like, I was a college basketball player, and on especially on the mid and low major levels, there's something inherently odd and weird about a predominantly black group of young men um, playing for a predominantly white group of coaches. Um, mm-hmm. Now, there, of course, there are exceptions. I actually got to play for a black coach, two black coaches, so it was, that was good. Um, but it's, it is a little weird, um, just the way the sport is set up and there's always like a juxtaposition, but my favorite thing is to see guys work the system, uh, come out on top. Um, and I know that's one of Cal's favorite, uh, democratic talking points, um, which is turning around families and turning around (laughs) generational wealth. And his buzzwords about that, but he really—it's really, really kind of true. It's true, and that's the other thing too is that it's just—it's undeniable. I mean, Cal is successful at UK because he, and as a recruiter, because he is the only entity in the NCAA that actually gives a shit about kids and about his players and seeing them succeed. It's um, really, really nasty. Some of the things college coach, college coaches do. Uh, to their players, like blocking transfers, um, just you know, dirty recruiting, right? Like just kind of manipulating things, like even outright lies, telling guys they're coming in to get starting minutes and stuff of, of that nature. I mean, so it is is refreshing, but it's not it's not always um, the case that the coaches are are respecting that and actually looking out for that. So I would give Cal five points to Gryffindor. Right. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so like, so back to kind of the, the rundown of the season and this is, (laughs) it's one of my favorite things of college basketball and the thing that I hate the most, which is the 
up 20 mm. and discussions and the 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 college game day packages right right uh yeah i mean the, i mean the, there was really no darker tea time of the soul than here than uh during the vanderbilt game hearing uh, <laughs> homeboys long lost uh <coughs> recording career uh, that was appalling and shocking on many levels. Right. And then there's just like the general, you know, like, did you know Anthony Davis had a, he grew one foot uh, <laughs> in his, between his 10th and 11th grade year? Did you <laughs> know that Rajon Rondo also has big hands? <laughs> that was not bad, though. That was not bad. <laughs> See, I mean, like, most of the time, like, they do the one, like, Nick Richards, his hands are huge. <laughs> and it's like... Well, yes, he is a 6'11 <laughs> gentleman that is bound to have large hands. This is not shocking, but Rondo right. is like 6'3". So I, I despite Nick Richards' huge hands, he still has such a really, really hard time getting both of them on the ball at the same time when uh, bringing, uh, down a, bringing down a rebound. But that is, that, is a, that is a segment for another time, <laughs> man. That but, is a YouTube supercut. Yeah, that is, that is a, yeah. That's a lot there. So, um, so what did you what did you start believing in this squad, Russ? I don't know. Um, I have to say, I don't know. When did you start believing in this team? Um, and this might be too early, but it's probably for, too early for me. It was definitely North Carolina. Definitely too early. That was a signature win. And then another thing that's important for me um, is we need to decisively beat. You like U of L every year, and I can actually track moments in my life, um, <laughs> memories. Yeah, where like you know, like we lost to U of L the same time. I like at the same time. I'm like, you know, uh, cooking dinner for this woman. I have no business cooking dinner for. Um, and getting like ultimately rejected. Literally <laughs> happened in the same <laughs> evening. Um, that is a yeah, that's rough. You know, Sorry. it's well. That's the, the great thing about being a permanent Kentucky resident is, uh, <laughs> you know, the these moments of our lives are are uh, it's inexplicably tied, inexplicably tied to the health and well being of the cats. But yeah, I mean, it's important for me that we beat U of L. Also, uh, half of my friends from college, I went to the Western Kentucky University, go tops, uh, are U of L fans, and um, it's How? just. What? How does that translate? <laughs> Be a Western Kentucky fan. Well, and or I, cats. Right. <laughs> and that's kind of my feeling is that like uh, you know if Western ever plays UK, I'm a Western. I'm a I. I Where did back they the go? Pops, you know, but uh, they just get sucked into the mean streets of that terrible metropolis on the river, and it just it's actually a nice city uh, minus the the Cardinals. Minus the Cardinals and the terrible meat smells and uh, the awful river and uh, the just complete lack of functional roads without three foot deep potholes. Well, this is uh, going to anger our Louisville constituency <laughs> if there is to become one. But uh, I think I started believing in this team a little bit later. It was probably like about a month ago. And they played Georgia. Mm. And last year, one of the things... Um, I think there was an issue, and you talk about Kevin Knox. Is like, it's always something I like to like to gauge is when one of our freshmen 
uh, is from an area that we play and like we go on the road. I always like to see how they do. It always usually measures up some kind of way to the tournament. And Kevin Knox went down. Where did we go? Uh, we went to Missouri, and I remember yeah. watching this game. I, I watched this game. I was working the desk at an old folks' home, and um, I remember, like, uh, the folks couldn't hear what the Missouri fans were chanting, and they were chanting traitor. And there's this <laughs> moment where he's, like, shooting free throws, and he needs to make <laughs> both of them, and he bricks both of them. And this, like... This eighty-year-old lady, uh, mm. Miss Sandy, just goes, "Well, that, that's it. I'm going to bed." <laughs> <laughs> Miss Sandy, if, if you if Miss Sandy's fed up, right? Like you've done a lot, right? No, yeah, you really, yeah, you really yeah. have. Like, but yeah, yeah, but basically, with that game, like we measured Kevin Knox, Ashton came out and absolutely drug Georgia's right. soul through the mud. Yeah. Um, he dropped twenty-three. I think he had like four assists, four rebounds, something around that. Uh, some just signature highlight level steals. Yeah. Um, some, I mean, just straight, and that's like one of that was one of those three steal streaks where did he have like eight steals one game? What game was that? Was that that game? Or am I thinking something else? I mean, yeah, there was a minute where he was like averaging. I think he's averaging right now three point. Yeah, four steals. steals that game. Yeah, he's averaging three point seven steals a game. I that's think right nuts. now, which is insane. That is. Yeah. So. I think one of the things, you know, that, that's been so great, I think, with this season generally and, and with this team is that the last two or three seasons we've been seeing this sort of, like, renaissance. Or it's uh, renaissance means rebirth, and I don't know if there was ever a birth of SEC basketball. Oh, yeah, there was. I mean, you got LSU back in the day with, like, Shaq and Chris Jackson. Sure, and, sure. and then Arkansas with uh, Mike Anderson. Who else? That, there's been... The SEC's, There's been moments. There's the, been... the SEC's usually had Kentucky and two or three other strong ones. Now, the difference is the depth. Right, right. And that's the thing is that there are teams that <coughs> – there are teams this year that literally don't have wins, like this Vanderbilt team that at times show moments where, like, they could have, like, run the floor with a Billy Gillespie team. Um, oh, they would have drug a Billy Gillespie team. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? A Billy Gillespie team gets beat by a smooth 15 by that Vanderbilt. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, you know, and so, um, and so we've just consistently just, like, um, crushed the will of these teams that, like, you just think they're on the bubble of being great, like... What we did with Georgia. Yeah, and uh, we played uh, South Carolina on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The 76-48 drubbing. Right. Right, yeah. You know, and that team, like, doesn't look bad in the first 10 minutes, but then, they're, you know, you just go down by 15, and then very quickly this team is so dangerous offensively that you'll go down by 20, and then you're in the, then you're in, you're in the locker room at halftime down 20, and you're just thinking about your life and the decisions you've made up to this point <laughs> to get you there. Um, and, uh, and the same thing happened with Mississippi State on Saturday. We were right. at 15 and a half. The only problem is is we let off the gas considerably. <laughs> what happened there, Russell? Like, because that was the thing as a fan watching who's never been in any kind of <laughs> athletic competition to speak of whatsoever. Um it was just completely mystifying because, you know, we, you were just, I'm at the bar, I'm watching it, uh, we're getting ready to go into the mode where the drunk white guy spins around in his chair and, like, 
gnashes his teeth because we're not up by 30, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> like, now we're up we're, by six. Yeah. <laughs> what, man, so I'll tell you a story of probably the most ridiculous thing that ever happened in a college basketball game. Mm. So during my college career, as I will tell you guys, like I said, mediocre, <laughs> mediocre college basketball player. Um, actually played, um, was able to play at the University of Detroit, Mercy, and we played in the Horizon League. They're still in there. We played a team called UW-Milwaukee. And during the course of that game, it's actually one of my first games getting a chance to play. So I dropped a good Jamal Baker, mm-hmm. good 10 minutes, um, yep, yep. good strong 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, so in the course of that game, I think we go up by about about 15, about 15 sure. uh, in the second half. So what happens is when you get, if you're not like a seasoned team, and this is kind of <laughs> something with the, with the younger kids, but if you're not seasoned and ready to win and used to winning, that 15 feels um, great. <laughs> and now we have 15 <clears throat> you think about what you want to eat later you think like you think about getting back to your, your phone and see what you missed uh like there's a whole bunch of like at one point we were freestyling on the oh, on no. the on the oh, bench no. oh, um, no. <laughs> so like that happens and then the game the game goes along it gets closer and closer so we get a little tighter everybody gets a little quiet no more raps you know, um, so basically what happens is we're on a, a last second uh, situation. UW Milwaukee's got the ball. We're up two. UW Milwaukee comes off the screen from mid court, center court, pulls the three from half court, banks it, and they win the game by one. So I say all that to say the fact that Kentucky was able to withstand that run and not wilt or not fall to some late game heroics is growth, especially from the Seton Hall game. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. I'm feeling good about this team as we go into the home stretch. Well there's and there's an element too of this team that I enjoy so much that we kinda of touched on with Ashton, but it's also present in in Tyler Hero. Um which is this just like and, and and extremely present in my per, like favorite player, uh, PJ Washington, which is this just tinge, just a little hint, a shade of <laughs> abject trolldom. Oh no, that's not a shade. <laughs> no. PJ is a strong troll. Okay. <laughs> PJ is a very, very strong troll. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, as you can tell, I mean, by those double technicals at the end of the first half. Well, PJ gave him like a, PJ gave him like a, like a UFC elbow. <laughs> like, and P, PJ needs to, we're getting too close to the tournament for PJ to be giving out bows. Like, PJ's got to tighten up because I know PJ likes to, likes to square up with the best of them. And right. make the the grumpy face, which is the the <laughs> <laughs> the inspiration behind this pod name. But PJ, we can't lose PJ in a second round game right. because PJ decided to people's elbow someone <laughs> during a rebound. So I, PJ, if you're listening, you're not stop that. Right, <laughs> and like you know, shout out to the Mississippi State dude. I think it was Peters. Or whatever for not like flopping or whatever. And well, that's dudes. a large man, so like don't flop. Or right, exactly. Yeah, but like you know, it was definitely a <laughs> just a. It just reminded me of the good old days where like 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is going to just square up and punch that white guy right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see, Greg, um, generally not a fan of the, of the white people. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's a weird thing being a self-loathing white man. Um, oh. But, uh, oh. no, I love myself. I love, I love, I love everybody, yes. y'all. Okay. Uh, don't Great. believe the hype. Um, so where you want to, so where you want to go next? I kind of want to touch a little bit on like, um, some of the things we're doing, um, Mm -hmm. like just basically the bench coming along real nice. Um, and we didn't touch on that from the South Carolina game, EJ with the double, double, right. Right. With the double, double strong. Was that 11 and 13, 13 and 11, something like that. Right. And he's got the length. I mean, he's got the length that he needs to be. He is the longest man in America. Right. 11 and 13. Right. So like, yeah, he needs to be getting double digit rebounds every game. If he gets the minutes, um, seven rebounds against Mississippi state. So I think he's good. If we get, and that's something that I've heard a few people say, and it makes, and it's, it's actually a, a good barometer. Like, and PJ should be getting 20 and 10, and we need right. to talk about PJ's rebounds. Right. Because PJ does not rebound. Like, I'm sitting here looking at stats right now, 25 points, three re, 23 points, three rebounds, 20 points, five rebounds. Yeah. PJ is trying to prove he is a three in the NBA, but threes rebound. And I know Cal's saying rebound. And it's just really frustrating to see someone that athletic and long get right. three rebounds a game on his Kyle Kuzma. That's, that's some Kyle Kuzma stuff. If anybody, go look at Kyle Kuzma at the Lakers stats and look at PJ's stats and them things is right. Real close, probably. <laughs> but anyway, like, PJ just needs to assert himself more because those re- we're going to need yeah. PJ and Reed to really get in there and mix it up in that tournament. And if they're not going to mix it up, then we're going to have – we're not going to meet our potential and we might have an early exit, to be honest. Right, and I think that's – I mean, and, and, and you can – there's two things that I think delineate, like – this team at its best and it's absolute just total domination on the offensive glass um and then just and super stout defense um Cal's apparently like 73 74 and 0 holding uh holding teams to under 55 ooh that's um, a good stat right there yeah um i mean definitely mid 70s which is an, just an insane thing uh, that to is think nice. about yeah but other than that, like basically, we're doing well in this in this SEC this year, just crushing crushing teams' dreams, um, and just to turn into this week, let's just do a little bit on LSU, and then I feel like we're as as a collective fan base are looking ahead to this game that I want to talk about, which is Tennessee, right. Um, I and think a lot of people talk are about past the LSU game. I'd say on Tuesday, you know. I don't think we should, and the reason, <laughs> and the reason I say that is because LSU is damn good, and LSU is actually made up of weirdly like a collection of players that UK has missed on. Mm-hmm. So we got 
if you take a look at their roster, and I'm trying to pull that up right now, we see at least two or three cats. We have Tremont Waters, which is their starting point guard. I think he's their leading scorer. UK missed. UK chose to go for, I want to say, Quade over Tremont. Tremont's averaging about 17 uh, right now and just really showing himself to be like an athletic dynamo, defensive. Just, he's good. (laughs) And then we have Naz Reed, a forward. Uh, I think he went to Roselle Catholic, uh, the same uh, high school that uh, the illustrious Isaiah Briscoe attended. Mm. Um, yeah, and Isaiah, that, I hope you're loving Mauritania. Or he is not in playing. Mauritania. He is on an NBA <laughs> roster. No, is he? Really? Yes, Isaiah Briscoe no, plays I'm, for the Magic. Right, let's check it. I'm pulling this up right now. Pull it up right now. Hey, <laughs> of all, the Magic might as well be Mauritania. No, okay, you cannot move the goalpost. <laughs> He plays for the Magic. You can't all of a sudden, I don't know, the Magic is not, you know, it's not even that Magic. Does he play for the Magic or does he play in the G League? <coughs> We're going to find, no, that is a Magic jersey. Wow. Well, be blessed, Isaiah. Excuse me See, for yeah, don't disrespect years. the God. <laughs> Averaging 12.5 minutes a game. Wow. Yeah, don't disrespect the wow. God, man. Excuse me. So, Excuse me. Like, I, like I was saying about Naz Reed, we've been, we recruited him. And we led for him for probably about three years. Right. Like, guarantee, he like it was almost a guarantee, which is a thing that happens with Cal a lot, mm-hmm. and it happened with Zion, too, is we get in there, and we're the guarantee until right. the end when we're, in fact, not the school that they pick. Right. But LSU's tough, man. They got um, those two cats. They got, um, they got a lot of folks that we've known and heard of. On the squad, but um, I just hope that UK's ready for the game because uh, those guys are long, athletic. They're going to pressure, put some good pressure on um, Ashton, uh, probably put some good pressure on Tyler Hero. So I'm just hoping that, like I said, the team is ready and not looking past those guys as we go in to right. this game. And, you know, let's just reflect, um, you know, uh, other notable moments, notably terrible moments, lowlights in my dating life also correspond um, to moments of us losing to Tennessee uh, oh, two Jesus. years ago. Uh, Are you dating right now? You know, that's, uh, I can neither be, that can neither be confirmed nor denied. Um <laughs> Whoa! Uh, <laughs> that's a different podcast. That's on the Patreon level subscribers. Uh, Tune in for Greg. <laughs> Tune in for the Greg Love Hour where we where we dissect Greg's love life in hilarious fashion. Lord God, please no. Um, <laughs> but okay, so but basically, yeah. so we you have an yeah, embargo. Well, Admiral Schofield has crushed my dreams. Okay, so yeah. you're embargoed until Saturday on dating. But continue. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I remember being, you know, uh, nine years old uh, during Admiral Schofield's. Uh, well, first of all, I remember being a fetus during Admiral Schofield's freshman <laughs> season <laughs> when he convinced Eddie Sutton to cheat. Okay, um, all right. You know, <laughs> uh, I also remember being nine years old during his sophomore season. <clears throat> When he um, <laughs> convinced uh, Rick Pitino to go to the Celtics and then come back and coach 
uh, UofL also during his sophomore season. Uh, um, but in all honesty, how long has Admiral Schofield and God. Grant Williams, how long my have they God. been in Tennessee? They've been there for a while. And they just get larger and stronger <laughs> with each season. So yeah. as we as we say, we hope the team doesn't overlook LSU and then we spend literally three seconds on LSU. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll probably we'll probably get more in depth on Tennessee and recap LSU later in for this sure. week. For sure. Um, but I will say emotionally, like he, I think I think we have consensus on this. I think we both agree that we're going to drop at least one of these games this week. Yeah, L is coming, guys. And I emotionally really need it to be LSU. LSU. <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious, man. Uh, that's fucking like hilarious. I mean, it just it there's just <laughs> something about well, you know, um, you know, some of y'all know I, I'm an active in the organizing community, and uh, I uh, well, I remember very distinctly it was the first time I was leading a lobby group to Frankfurt, um, and it was just a ragtag bunch of champions. We were trying to convince this Republican senator from Nicholasville there you go. that he should support uh, progressive tax reform. And we had Sandy Joyner, another great Grandma Sandy and, and great American, who uh, was with us. And, you know, um, so we got our rap together. We got, you know, exactly who was going to say what, when. I was going to try to keep the meeting moving along, get to our ask. Um, and, uh, you know, this, this Senator just, he, re- he marks Sandy instantly and just, um, and the thing with these meetings, you got maybe three, maybe five minutes to like, get your stuff, get your stuff on, get your stuff in, get out. Well, he sees Sandy and he gets Sandy completely distracted talking about, um, textbook prices. And she's like, Oh my God, my grandma, my granddaughter paid $150 for a textbook and she only sold it back for 30. And it's just like, Oh God, we only have five minutes of this man's time. We're not even be able to get a, like a good accurate gauge of where he's at. And dude gets, the Senator starts getting confident. So he starts lobbying Sandy back <laughs> and he's like, you know, that's why I support a flat sales tax across the board. And it just like, snaps Sandy into attention and she just sort of is confused for a minute and she goes, oh, well, well that's a terrible idea. <laughs> and then this gentleman has the audacity to say uh, to this this fantastic Kentuckian, um, well, uh, that's the way Tennessee does it. And, Boo. and I swear, Sandy's eyes got huge and she, uh, this look of t- like, Pure terror washes across her face, and she says, "Tennessee's a terrible place to live." <laughs> and it and that and is it, true, and it is, you know, no. Um, and they they low down, they dirty, <laughs> and there's some snitches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They low down, dirty, and some snitches. But honestly, as we like I said, as we look forward to that Tennessee game, that's a big Reed Travis game. It's yeah. a strong man game, yeah. if, and, and he's going to have to put it on the strong shoulders. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Reed, just, I love Reed's game. Yeah. And the reason I love Reed's game so much is because Reed's game, in case anyone wants to know what my mediocre college athletic <laughs> career was like, I was a trasher version mm-hmm. of Reed Travis. Mm-hmm. So all of, all of the things that you see Reed Travis do, I did at a mid-major 
<laughs> to the Division Two level. So I enjoy watching him play, and I understand when it's a good chance for Reed Travis to have a successful game, and this is it. Like I expect Reed to drop mm, eighteen and eleven. Something wow. like that. I mean, it's honestly, it's going to be Reed and Grant Williams battling. Yeah. And I don't know who we're going to put on Admiral, probably PJ. But that doesn't make me feel good. But that mm-hmm. that X-Factor battle is Reed Travis mm-hmm. and Grant Williams, man. So I'm looking forward to this uh, slate of games, man. Looking forward to seeing what we do against LSU. Yeah. Looking forward to Tennessee. I mean, you got you got anything else, man? No, I mean we came in. Uh, we're trying to. We're not trying to do one of these podcasts. It's going to keep you listening for an hour and a half as we just uh, float off into the or two hours. We float off into the into the nothingness. We came in at just under forty two minutes at the moment. Um, and yeah, like we'll probably launch some social media for this and definitely like, uh, give us some reviews, comments, subscribe. We'll drop these on our own personal social media and. And we also understand that this episode that we are currently recording is probably trash. Right. Tell us what you want us to do better. Um, Don't tell us if we're wrong because we're not. We are not wrong about the general facts. Right. We're simply talking about producing right now. (laughs) Like, would you like a segment? Not, I disagree with your take because then you'd be wrong. So... We're looking forward to hearing what everybody thinks about Grumpy Cats. We're looking forward to uh, the push to the end of the season. Um, And guys, stay tuned, man. Yeah. Signing out. Peace.